very happy. This is Elder Lightfoot Solomon Mishaw, the happy mind preacher. church I wouldn't mind belonging to. Fantastic. I could go there every Sunday. I'd, I'd go to church. <laughs> Fantastic. So I'm John Hennigan. We're back here on the Old Time Radio Show with our special guest Robert Crumb from his record room, his glorious record room. Yes, his, uh, in an unspecified location. <laughs> in an unspecified location that only I know of. <laughs> right. Yes. Hello. You and a few other select people. Yes, thank you for having us. <laughs> Eden Brower's here with us, listening to records tonight. Bonjour. And uh, you're an old-time radio show. We can uh, do whatever we want. As I've said many, many times in the past, we have no format. Whatever no we want. So, um... We're nude, actually. Yeah. We're sitting here naked doing this podcast. We're nude, and we're bathing <laughs> ourselves in butter. We're listening to old records. John's holding a giant lollipop. Just don't get any butter on those records, oh, that's, that's all. Right. Exactly. So, uh, Robert, what, what's on your mind? What, what do you have well, to tell our audience here? You must have some concerns or some uh, uh, stories and opinions you'd like to share with our audience that might well, guide them in the proper direction. Well, we'll get to that. Let's listen to some more religious music. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm inspired. I've listened to more 
sanctified music. So what was that we just heard? Oh, that was uh, Elder Lightfoot Solomon Michaud and his congregation. That was doing. fantastic. I'm so happy. Fantastic. And I think it was recorded off a radio broadcast. Yeah, right. You said that before. Yeah. Sounds and like there's that. a film of them, actually, that's that's reissued on that uh, Times Ain't Like They Used To Be. Uh, yeah, it's an incredible Shanaki DVD. Shanaki huh? DVD. That's a great yeah. one. Yeah, it's on, they're on there. You can see them jumping up and down while they're singing. Hmm. This is Forbes Randolph's Kentucky Jubilee Choir. I'm going to shout all over God's heaven. I got a roll. You got a roll. Oh, God, you got a roll. When it gets to heaven, I'm going to put on the roll. You're going to shout all over God's heaven. Heaven, heaven. Everybody's talking about a heaven made choir in heaven. Heaven, I'm going to shout all over God's heaven. I got a shoe, you got a shoe, all oh, got you and got you. When you get to heaven, gonna put on the shoes and gonna walk all over God's heaven. Heaven, heaven, everybody's talking about a heaven made quiet at heaven. Heaven, I'm gonna walk all over God's heaven. I got a heart, you got a heart, all oh, got you and got a heart. When you get to heaven, gonna play on the heart, I'm gonna play all over God's heaven. Heaven. I got a wing, you got a wing, all got children got wings. When you get to heaven, I'm gonna put on the wings, I'm gonna fly all over God's heaven. Heaven, heaven, everybody's talking about a heaven made quiet heaven. Heaven, I'm gonna fly all over God's heaven, I'm gonna fly all over God's heaven. Unbelievable. Great, huh? Great an ending. Could have used some banjo. Respectable Negro spiritual groups. Yeah. Like, you know, records by that. Never heard that before. Fisk Jubilee Singers and the Tuskegee Institute Singers. Yeah, you have a lot of those? No, I don't, actually. I don't. I keep certain select ones like that. Some of those are dull, but, you know, some of them are nice. those, Those groups started, like, traveling around and performing for respectable venues very early, like in the 1860s and 70s, they traveled to Europe. Yeah, they, where would they play? Just like uh, they sang in big theaters, opera houses, and they performed before royalty and stuff. They were, wow. like, you know, Fisk Jubilee singer. I think they started real early, dressed up in formal clothes, and you know, sang spirituals. You ever heard Bessie Johnson? Yeah, <laughs> you know her. Yeah, she's unbelievable. <laughs> That's Treat your radio audience to Bessie Johnson. She's one of the scariest black woman singers of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear it. I feel my, my sins are getting washed away. Listening to that. That's right. Can't make a dent in your sins. <laughs> <laughs> but Eden is, you know, she really kind of, you know, hasn't really harmed anyone but herself. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. Something to be said for that. (laughs) 
I wish I had cleaner copies of these. They're really incredible. But I think they're kind of rare. This is Bessie Johnson's Sanctified Singers doing The Whole World in His Hand. This one's unbelievable. the sin right out of you. <laughs> Glad she's not my mom. The oh. guy, the, the guy singer was pretty rough too. Yeah. In the background. Yeah. It was great. Oh, that church doesn't sound like fun. Oh yeah, sure. You ever heard Blind Connie Rosemond? You oh know yeah, I love it. Love yeah, like that guy? Yeah. You have that Paramount record of his? No, I don't. You don't? Something about his mother? Forget what it is. He plays like a little organ. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is Will My Mother Know Me There by Blind Connie Rosemond. Mm. But Connie is a man. So keep that straight. Huh. 
sound quality too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> poorly recorded and poorly pressed. Yep. Do you have um, uh, any Blind Mimi forehand records? Well, she only made one. Just that one? I, yeah. I was going to ask if there was anything else. Honey in the Rock. Sure. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. Wouldn't mind dying. Yeah. But weren't there some under the um, the husband's name? Well, there's one by AC forehand too. Right, right. I don't, she doesn't sing on it, I don't think. Oh, no, she's not on it. I think so. What about that record? Um, I just got a, a brand new copy of it I heard from you. I'll just stand and wring my hands and cry. Oh, it's great. It's a great record. Okay, uh, I should play that. It's J.C. Burnett, right? Yeah, incredible. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great With uh, Fats Waller on organ, I believe. I think so, yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. He, you know, backed up a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah, and he, he played a lot York. of a lot of organ records, some great organ solo records too. That's right. But this is him backing up uh, this preacher. It's incredible. Yeah. And he does it very and tastefully. Too. Yeah. Very tastefully. Yep. It enhances them. Doesn't get in their way at all. Which again is, you know, not always, a lot of times these guys who are complete virtuoso players didn't have the skill to back people up like, or, you know, like Waller yeah. or Blake. They just could, some just could just do their own thing. Yeah, they couldn't turn it down a notch. 
Yeah. There's those records by, uh, um, it's Blake with with that piano player, Charlie Spann. Oh, those are phenomenal. They are, yeah. Hastings Street. Yeah, Hastings and those other ones. Yeah. But somehow they, they have kind of trouble getting together. I don't think Spann could really play that well with other people. He's just very eccentric and... Yeah, I'm, I wonder thing. if those guys were really rehearsed together, too. Maybe not. Maybe they they sound they off in a few places. Yeah, Blake doesn't overplay, so it kind of no, works. But there's places where they're just off. But yeah, I, I love the... Clash. I love it anyways. Hastings oh, Street's yeah. the lyrics. Blind Blake's talking about that address. What is it? 342 Grady. He's, he's like ribbing uh, Span about it. He's going, I wonder what they do down there. <laughs> he keeps saying his address. And huh. he's, he's saying, I wonder... He says something about him, and he goes... Well, it must be delightful. Who's talking on there? Blake. It's Blake's Blake talking. Blake's talking. Because uh -oh. he's, 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 huh. he's calling him out. He's saying to Spam, you know, huh. what's wrong right. with you? Why, why do you go down to 342 Brady? What do you do down there? <laughs> well, it must be delightful. Something like that. It's, it's huh. really great. There's a whole monologue on him. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have that record? Mm, Hastings Street? No, yeah. I don't. Okay, hmm. here's J.C. Burnett. I just stand and wring my hands and cry. Subject of this song is the Christian trouble is ended. Thank you to help us to sing. I just have to ring my hands and cry. We will just dance and ring my hands and cry. Cry it Yeah. <laughs> 
glory. I know you have that one, Johnny. And I can appreciate those sentiments. I often just stand and wring my hands and cry, Lord have mercy on me. <laughs> yeah, man. And then you're like, uh-oh, get out of my car. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just won't treat me right. Yeah. That was great. Great record. Oh, yeah. Deeply moving. It is. You ever heard Reverend and Sister Calbert and Billy Holstein? White gospel singers, hymn singers. Sounds familiar, but I can't say for sure, so I'm going to say no. It's on the Lightning Label Brunswick. Oh, huh. It's called Zion's Hill. <coughs> Reverend Calbert Holstein and Sister Billy Holstein. This is another scary woman that, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't want her to be mad at you. Read with me in Revelation 22. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as a crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and out of the Lamb. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Let us sing Zion's Hill. Someday the wheels of mortal life shall all stand still. 
And we shall go to dwell on Zion's hill. Or at least some spaceship. (laughs) (laughs) Are you familiar with Reverend Edwin and Olive Boone? You ever heard them? No. This is called, I Wonder How They Live at Home. I went to a meeting not very long ago. The people all were singing while some were shouting so. Come running down the aisle with their hands up in the air. Tennessee Mountaineers at the river. I like quiet. It's like, like ordinary citizens making music. It's really mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
people you think were in a group like that i don't know hard to tell but there's you can yeah, tell there's like kids and women and yeah. it's like you know it's a congregation and usually on records like that the the mic is so far away it sounds like hollow like there it sounds like it's like in a church or something but it's, it's probably a studio it was recorded really well yeah because the other mistake they make is putting the mic so in front that you can only hear a couple of people right. of course in the background but anyways that was great tennessee mountaineers is I don't know who... It's Victor. Yeah. Who assigned that name to them. I'm sure yeah, it's some a strange, church congregation. name probably. for that. Yeah. That group. Yeah. Incredible. It's, you know, it's weird when you think that, you know, those are the people that are, like, against abortion and everything. And <laughs> yeah, you can't even think about that. Stuff. Those Christian fundamentalists, but boy, they sure can sing and dance. Yeah. <laughs> they used to be able to. Yeah, they still do. Yeah, they still probably good church singing here and there. Yeah, maybe in the black churches, but yeah, even in the white churches, there's yeah. still you know holy road churches where they probably built it out. You not know. where I grew up. Nah, probably not. But out down in the south, you know. Yeah, you think so? Probably here and there. Hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't go to those kind of places anymore. <laughs> I'm Wise a Jew. I'm decision. not even allowed in. I'll just burst into flames. I try to go in. You can go in. They'll let you in. If you're ready to receive Jesus in your heart, (laughs) you can go in. Here we've got a young Jewish girl. Do you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? She's dyed her hair. She has tattoos. (laughs) But Jesus still accepts her. She's done horrible, horrible things. Well, Jesus forgives her. Is there wine? There's wine in the church. Wine Wine and cookies, I heard. No, it's the bread, it's the body of Christ. Yeah, wine and cookies, I'll take it. Oh, (laughs) Christ Almighty. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, God Almighty. I tell you about the time my brother and I, when we were, like, going around to different churches when I was young, trying to find out, like, what was the true church. Back when we lived in Delaware. Were you looking for religion? Yeah, we're looking for the true religion, so we tried all the different churches. You know, uh. We were kind of disillusioned with Catholicism, so we tried all the Protestant churches. And and my brother Charles had met this young black guy, our age, Tom Friedman, whose father was a minister in town, so he invited us to his church. We had never even thought of going into a black church. So we go to this little funky wooden church, and and you know they start singing and getting all emotional and... They're rolling on the floor and stuff, and wow. people are thrashing <laughs> around and, and screaming and clapping. It sounds wow. like that Bessie Johnson record. And, and uh, then at some point, the preacher preaches, and then this, the preacher says, And we have today with us these two white boys who are seeking oh, Jesus, and, and we're welcoming them in, into our 
congregation into our midst. And this woman gets up and starts screaming, Lord, save these two <laughs> white boys! <laughs> and they say, well, stand up, you two boys, stand up! And we, we're standing there, and the whole congregation is just like rolling and screaming on the floor around us to save our soul. It was the most embarrassing thing I'd ever experienced in my life. <laughs> you didn't get caught up in it? <laughs> Not, I was just completely appalled. I was standing there frozen, which my brother and I. That would make and a good comment. I think they were very disappointed that we didn't get into the mm-hmm. spirit of it. You oh, know? Yeah, you're supposed to jump They just thought, I guess white people were just cold as ice. I'm sure they decided that, you know, white people were just hopelessly frozen. In their, in their I knew some people when I was a kid who did that same thing, who went to those kind of churches, the black churches, and just totally came like these born-again Christians and really loved it. yeah they actually got into it oh they loved it yeah, yeah. they huh. loved it yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. and they used to do that thing rolling around on the floor you could just do whatever you wanted I remember uh, <laughs> I never went but I remember a friend of mine went because they were trying to encourage everybody to go with them and a friend of mine went and he said you know you just at any point you just start screaming and yelling and rolling around the floor yeah. just do whatever you want yeah, yeah it was kind of free-for-all yeah yeah, yeah. These ladies were just like throwing themselves on the floor. I was totally appalled. I couldn't believe it. Maybe they yeah. actually uh, found God, and uh, you know, we're well, going to hell. Who knows? It's just a you know yeah. chance, chance for them to release a lot of pent up emotions. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And you, and in a a righteous kind of a, you know setting that you know have this like catharsis every Sunday. And then afterwards, everybody talked and shook hands with the preacher and went home and had dinner. So where do you think uh, you're going when you die? Where am I going? Well, that's a good question, John. Yeah. It's a question that no one really knows for sure where we go. She must have some kind of a feeling about it. Scientologists seem pretty sure. There's lots of different ideas. I told you about this book I read, Journey of Souls, where this guy, this therapist practiced regressive hypnosis and got all these people that talk about where they went when they died like between lifetimes yeah very interesting first he regressed them back to their previous lifetime and then worked them up to the moment of death and then said okay now where are you going tell me now you're dead you've died what happens now he said oh well I, I seem to be flying through this tunnel toward this light and then it goes in this whole elaborate thing and and he did this to hundreds of people and figured out this kind of like a he made this diagram of degrees of how evolved their and advanced their souls were according to this experience that they had between lifetimes and some people were more advanced than others and went to more more sophisticated kind of advanced place when they died where they had to meet with this kind of like uh sages and who would have discussions and stuff and who knows i don't know it's but it's, there's lots of different ideas about it but you know it's funny we humans seem to have this aspiration to live to be immortal we have that aspiration that must mean something why do we have it why do we want to be immortal why are we so attached to our identities more than you know cats and dogs and you know, cats and dogs will fight fiercely if you try and drown them or something. But I think that, I don't think they, we know that we d- we're going to die. We're aware that we're going to die. You know, we have a conscious awareness of that, of death. 
You don't think other animals have that? No, I, don't th- I think it's all unconscious and and just re- f- reflexive with him. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But then again, like I've seen, like uh, cats die, and my my dog when he was dying, and they seem to know that, that it's happening when it's happening. Yeah, they. I've seen that too. They kind of resign themselves to death. They yeah, yeah. Have some sort of knowledge. Cats hide. They go hide. Yeah. They disappear. That's right. They, they do. Yeah. Them. They like to face the wall. They don't like to look at you when yeah. you're dying. Yeah. Yeah. And, se- and animals seem to mourn when they know another animal. Just dying. they know that it's gone. Yeah. It's dead. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You seen that? Yeah, we've seen it. Yeah. My sister had two cats and one died, and she made sure the other one, like, saw the body, and it started meowing and freaking out, and then it just turned its back and didn't, you know, knew it was gone. Huh. Or something was wrong. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, we don't really understand very well the thinking processes of other mammals, I don't Mm. think. We don't really know what goes on with them, really. Like, what about dolphins saving people right. from those drowning? Are like, you ever how heard do they, those stories? they know that you can't live under the water like they do? What about, there's several of these stories that are all identical of uh, dolphins saving humans from being attacked by sharks. Have oh, you yeah? ever heard any of these? No. Really incredible. Mm-hmm. Huh. Like, a, a, one time his family was swimming together, yeah. you know, not too far offshore, but far enough. They were in, you know, waters where there were sharks, and that... All of a sudden, these these group of dolphins started swimming around them and making doing a, a, a circle around them. And at first, the people were freaked out by the dolphins. They thought they were like under some kind of weird attack or something because the dolphins wouldn't let them swim. Uh-huh. And then the mm-hmm. dolphins kept diving down below them oh. in uh, you know different yeah. kinds of orders. And huh. the well, the father put his head down and realized that there was a great white shark who kept like coming up and like making a, a move. And every time he made a move to go to go for the family. The dolphins would would uh, you know hit the shark on the nose and like fend him off, and this went on for like a half hour till the shark swam away, huh. and the dolphins let the family go. Huh. Wow. Interesting, right? Huh. Well, I've read about the, you know speculations about the intelligence of dolphins and whales. People, some people think that they're as smart as us at least, but they we just don't know much about how they communicate or what goes on with them, because. Because we just don't know much, really. <laughs> we we don't barely understand our own selves, let alone you know anything else. Well, I'd like to tell you about this dream I had last night. Oh yeah, yeah. Is it Mars? Do tell about Mars. No, it's kind of embarrassing, but uh, you want to so, tell us on the radio? Well, it 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 actually has something to do with our show here. Oh, hmm. so I. I was on a train, and at first I got on like these different, like it was like this futuristic kind of like, uh, I don't know, some kind of high speed like monorail type thing. It was yeah. weird. No train I'd ever been on before, but I was huh. on it with a lot of people. Huh. But everyone was squashed together and standing because there were like these like bums who had kind of like vomited on themselves or whatever, like laying on the seats, you know, like hmm. often happens in New York, and everyone was kind of annoyed and huh. uh, all grumpy. And huh. one of the guys got up. Hmm. And it was Uncle Dave Macon. Hmm. And he was all, like, disheveled and drunk. And he was telling someone, you know, in a southern accent, like, I'm going to need me a glass of water if I'm going to play tonight. And these people are just like, oh, disgusted. Somehow, like, somebody, like, gives him a glass of water. 
And then he gets off at a stop, and out of nowhere, all of a sudden, has a banjo. He starts playing, and I'm huh. telling everyone on the train, like, that's the greatest American banjo <laughs> player that ever <laughs> recorded, ever played. Like, you don't understand. Like, this this is not just some bum. You know, you have, like, wow. you don't understand what's Amazing. happening here. And people were, like, starting to, like, listen to me in this dream. They're like, really, really? I'm like, this is, you don't understand what's happening here. You know, this huh. is important. This is Uncle Dave making... And then, like, somebody asked me, like, when he recorded, and I was like, he recorded in the late 20s and the early 30s, and he was already 50, and that took me out of my dream, because right. I did the math, I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> See, math did you in. It did me in. I, I was like, you know, that makes him over 120 years old. I'm like, I can't be. I was like, god damn it. I was like, this is such a great dream. Damn. And then I had that, like, moment where I could decide to go back into the dream. Yeah. Or just let it go. Yeah. And I was so annoyed that I had ruined this dream, and I just let it go. And I woke up right there. I just woke up. Yeah, it's funny how logic can ruin a thing like that. Yeah. Because he's Uncle Dave was born in 1879. Yeah. <laughs> people can live sort of that long. No, probably nah, not, too, not too long from now. People will be living longer, though. The oldest person in the world just died, right? Were they 108 or something? Yeah, but, you know, what? they're, they're going to come up with some kind of, like, drugs to make you, uh, you know, not age as quickly, and people will be 400 years old. Oh. And there'll be no... Uh, oh. You know, uh, natural resources left on the planet, and it'll be a soylent green type planet of the ape situation. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't Which matter. Which one, soylent green or planet of the ape? Uh, it doesn't even matter. You can't have one. both. It's going to well, be. Humans are in charge of Imagine how tired of life you'd get if you lived to be 400 and your sex drive had gone away at like the age of 80, let's say. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's, What's left? What's well, 78 and Eden? 200 no, really years without Eden a sex more. drive. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, the couple that stayed married 400 years? What would oh. they be like? And also, just the the knowledge that you'd accumulate, <laughs> what what you would have seen in hundreds of years, it would be too much, it'd be unbearable. Well, that, that's the one thing that I, I feel like as I get older, I, I do get wiser. I just, yeah, know, I, I yeah. learn more and more, I reevaluate mm. things. Right. Like, how far would it go? Well, I think you would get you to just the get point. To a point where it's just enough already. I think you do. I think you get a point. You say, "I'm tired of this. This is. I know too much. I know. I. I can almost predict what stupid shit's going to happen next, <laughs> and they're going to go around again, the cycle again. They don't never learn. And oh, it's. An, I've had it. I'm fed up. I want out of here. And that's when you die, and then you come back as like a frog, and you can't barely think at all. It's like this sucks. Ribbit. Ribbit. <laughs> Some 400-year-old old man just stomps on you while you're trying to get across the pond. Ribbit. <laughs> Some old codger that's sick of being alive just wants to stomp on frogs. No! <laughs> uh, Jeez. Oh, well, somebody was telling me about some relative of theirs that who's like 97 or something, and, and the guy said if he reaches 100... He's gonna just stop eating. Ah, really? Yeah. And I. Yeah, you don't find too many old people who are that age who are happy. Right? No. Somebody of Armstrong knew this woman in in Dixon who was 102, wow. and wow. they used to go over and see her, and, and she would just say, "Why me? Ah. Everybody I know, everybody ever knew is dead. Ah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what younger generations are up to. I don't." 
get these modern appliances. I don't understand the, the, what goes on in the TV. The music is completely foreign to me. Uh, you know, I just, she was from another age, you know, and she just didn't, you know, kind of lost touch with what was going on. Yeah, it's going to be terrible, up, frightening. You know? Yeah, yeah. And just... Someone's got to show her how to use YouTube. She'll never be bored again. <laughs> All those cats well, playing you, you keyboards. Just I mean, get her an it's iPhone. It's totally different, though. <laughs> now, Facebook. You know? Like someone like it's that. You know, like for for like for me, for example, like when I, I get old, like just when? like now, I can listen. <laughs> I can listen to my old records. I can watch old movies and old TV. Like things are going to be totally different. You know, so you wonder if you're going to feel that same kind of. I mean, I've already feel like I've lost touch with the world in a lot of respects. So what's the difference? You know, how bad can it get? What can they do next? Like my brother played me this music recently that was, um, <laughs> it was a series of electronic impulses, like guys oh God, unplugging like RCA jacks and like mimicking. Like Click. ACDC song, it was called <laughs> Clicks and Pops. It's a new style no, of music. How entertaining! I mean, you know, I mean, when that's where we're going, it's just like who cares anymore? Like, I, I, I've like you know, shut down that part of me that's you know, living in that world, anyways. <laughs> so I don't know. But you know, it's funny. Like when my when my grandfather got old, he was in an old folks home. And he lived well mm-hmm. into his nineties, and you know, he was like pretty like happy-go-lucky kind yeah. of guy most of his mm. life but then at mm. the end you know i mean he was like a wreck he tried really hard and he stayed in great shape exercise but you know he like broke his huh. arm or something like when he was like 94 it was real downhill from there but i used to see him at this old folks home and he would go through three different stages like one he was just really out of it and he would start reciting these weird dirty limericks with this <laughs> crazy like look in his eyes yes. were, do, wow. do you remember any sort of, of yeah, yeah. Like when, when, like I'd bring Eden, he'd be like, kind of like checking her out and then, you know, doing these dirty limericks. <laughs> well, it was we really had kinda, a relationship. There once was a machine. Yeah, and then a fucking machine. And then he right, and exactly, <laughs> they would go on and on and on. They wouldn't stop. And then he would say stuff to me like, John, you just got to remember, you know, life is a, is a, pr- is a treasure, and you just got to enjoy every moment of it. Nothing, you know, materialistic matters. You just have to like find a way to enjoy life. That's what I did, and I don't regret anything. And mm. I made a lot of mistakes, but it doesn't matter as long as you get the most out of life. Like it's really like positive message. Uh, and then mm. he'd kind of like put his head down, and he'd come back up, and he'd be like. Whatever you do, don't let yourself fucking die in a place like this. This is <laughs> fucking hell. I've heard that from other old people. Yeah, don't yeah. end up in a place like don't this. Don't end up in a fucking place. He was so close like to death. Everything he said sounded really deep to me. Yeah, Whatever yeah. he said, I was like listening. I was like, it's so huh. deep. But like, he was so aware that you know, he, was he could close see the other side. Everything's deep. And then I would be like, nah. He just doesn't know what's going on. He's just rambling. <laughs> he has no idea where he is or what's going on. But he right talked now. about death all he the time. He was cool. You know? Really? Well, yeah. He'd be like, yeah. oh, I love this place. The nurses are so great. You know, They, huh. they, they bring like, me my they favorite like hard lose. candy. And then it, something would shake in his head. And he'd be like, don't, you know, don't, Get, it, yeah. don't ever let yourself end up like me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you got to end it. <laughs> he was, I know this guy that's in one of those kind of homes. And he has his own room and stuff. He's a 78 collector. He says it's horrible. And they constantly, like the people who work there and the other old people, try and engage him in these inane games and activities he wants nothing to do with. And so they just, like, then they get, like, pissed at him because he won't participate. They they think he's, like, antisocial or something. They just constantly... Or, like, bingo and stuff. It's really stupid stuff. I don't even know, you know. But now, does, does he still have his records? Yeah, he's got his, some shelves of records there. They let him take player. his records in that place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's your home. Yeah. 
home. It must be pretty fancy then, right? No, it's not. It's, it's in not. Logansport, Indiana. He's oh, wow. not a rich guy, you know. It's just some. I think it's probably state supported or something. I think about that sometimes. I'm like, if it if it ever comes down to like an old folks' home, like, and they try to take me away from my records, that's when someone's <laughs> going down. <laughs> I may be going down. I want to take some people with me. Take me away from your records. John, at some point we all just got to let it go, let those records go. Ah, if only I could let it go. All right, well, all right, here, here's another topic. Why are uh, guys, like, you know, so cool and they, like, collect records? And why are girls, like, so weird and, like, they <laughs> want to shop for shoes? I'll let you two discuss that. Hey. <laughs> yeah. You want me to start collecting records, John? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. Because I'll know. get better 78s than you. You will. If you start collecting records, you would. Do it. Do it. You're not allowed Please, to touch them. Please, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Bring those records home. Do it. Do it. And I'll have, like, my section, my shelf, and then you'll have your crappy <laughs> shelf, you know? And it'll be all shiny E+, plus, and yours are, like, B minus, like a loser. Evil laugh. And that will make you realize that you and Eden live in two different worlds. Yeah. I already realized that. I used to want a penis. You yeah. wanted a penis? Yeah, when I was younger. What kind of thing is that to say? Well, I wanted, no, not like, you know. I wanted my own penis. <laughs> but you just wanted penis all the time? No, I just wanted to be a male. What, you, so you, you could you like... When I was like 10, 11, I was like, oh, what? Okay. This isn't, you know... What do you want to do with it? Like stick it in yourself or <laughs> no, what? No, I just... I don't think I was thinking about sex. It wasn't. I just wanted a penis. I just was like... Guys are cooler. Like, was I that guy? Like penis envy. Yeah, I guess so. But hmm. it wasn't, you know... Well, I can... I can honestly say I never wanted a vagina. <laughs> 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 it's never entered my mind. There, the thought never crossed my mind for one second. Gee, I wonder what it'd be like to have a vagina. <laughs> and yet, at the same time, wanting vaginas partly ruined your life. Well, these days, thanks to what? science, you can have a vagina <laughs> if you want one. And I can have a penis. But uh, I think well, you know, your operation well, would, would be more successful. When the mine. sex drive diminishes... You really have a different perspective on all that time you spent chasing pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, what was I thinking? What if you had invested that time into like chasing like Paramount? Stairs I knew stuff? it. Well, you know, I, knew I, you were I spent a lot of fucking time doing that too. <laughs> you know, like that, that, that so time. So what do you wish you did with the also time? Also, could have been better spent. What 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 do you now wish you did with the time? Seeking knowledge, meditation, things like that. Like, you know, really, you know, productive, high mental things that would advance your awareness and your, you know, heighten your perception and their practices and stuff. But I, then I think sometimes, well, if reincarnation exists, perhaps my next life I'll be more serious and you know, about those those things. <laughs> but do you think that's the way it works? Do you think that I don't the next know. life? I, I mean, I think you just probably get a random like card, and for all we know, we're going to come back as no, worms. I don't think anything's random. I don't think no. it's random. No. Do so you think next time, if we uh, seek as much knowledge and enlightenment as we can in this life, that we're just going to pick up where we left off? It's possible. That's that makes hmm. logical sense. But then you have karma. I really believe in karma. And I don't know if it passes from one life to another through the veil of forgetfulness, you know, that's 
separates one life from another. I don't know, but I, I can tell that my karma is accumulated in this life and, and it keeps coming back on you. Everything you've done in the past, you know, keeps coming back on you all the time, you know. So if, let's say you've sought the spiritual path seriously in this lifetime, but maybe in a previous life you did something really fucked up and bad, that might then affect your next life, even though you've gotten serious in this life. I don't know. I'm not sure how it works. I think it's more complicated than we can possibly comprehend the whole thing. So you're saying you're you're a decent person now, but you used to be like a Viking and used to just like rape and pillage. Yeah, you know, a bloodthirsty bastard at some point. And at some point you might have to like live out some karma for that yeah. at some point. I don't know. I'm not sure how it all works. Hmm. So what great thing did you do to deserve me in this life, John? What great thing did I do? I was, <laughs> I was kind and uh, considerate of others. He was kind to his mother in his last life. I was just <laughs> waiting for a girl who, your who understood the uh, sensitive, uh, you know, guy who treated everybody well. And uh, just when I was about to kill somebody, she finally came along. And that yes. was you, sweetheart. Yes, John. What, what karma led you to hook up with Eden? Uh, I think I'm a pretty good person all around. I mean, other than... Uh, my uh, horrible obsession with record collecting. Yeah. Have some good qualities. Well, I mean, is, is Eden entirely a blessing? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Is, is any woman entirely a yeah, blessing? Yeah, this, this is a, a very complicated question. Like, I know with Aileen, I, my emotions go fluctuate quite a bit towards her from deep, profound fondness and respect. And the two times when I cannot stand her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everything in between. Yeah. So You've it's been a funny together thing. such a long time. Yeah, we've been together since... That would be weird if it wasn't. The How case. many years? Well, we've basically been living together since 1974. Wow. It's almost 40 years. Just call it 40. It's so, I mean, enough. familiarity... Contempt. <laughs> after decades, it gets pretty bizarre. Oh, yeah. You know, it can get, like, symbiotic where... You have to keep reminding yourself that you're actually two separate people, you know, yeah, and you yeah. can't presume this person should be able to read your mind and do things exactly as you want them to do them every second. And then that works both ways. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I'm. It's a miracle we stay together to, through it all, but it doesn't even mean we've been faithful to each other either you know she's had boyfriends i've had girlfriends that's i think part of what kept us together is that we're able to do that without going through a lot of really insane fighting and jealousy you know we were kind of you know bohemian in that way <laughs> so i think that helped us i'm not saying that it, that's for everyone but somehow aileen says that there's something wrong with me because I don't have any jealousy in me. I don't ever feel that kind of possessiveness. Really? You don't, you don't have even the slightest bit? No. I don't. Hmm. Never, you know, never, never experienced that jealousy ever one second in my life. For but you're jealous female. of me when I get great records. I'm sick <laughs> with envy at some of the records you have. Yeah. <laughs> that's envy. That's, that's, that's covetousness of the records that you have. But isn't that kind of what jealousy is? No. Too? Jealousy is like, 
when this person that you I, it seems to me I don't know I don't quite get it I don't get it, jealousy exactly but what it appears to me is that a kind of possessiveness and you don't want this person to have any feelings for any other person of the opposite sex except you any kind of love feelings towards anyone else except you because a kind of possession of that person's you know love focus you know, I don't, I just don't have that. I don't know why it is. Maybe I'm autistic or something. I don't know. Aileen says it's, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I don't have that. Most people feel jealousy. Yeah, I think it's quite quite commonplace. John's to, jealous of all my boyfriends. He knows <laughs> I come crawling back to him. He's <laughs> jealous of all those guys you hang out with at Mars. Bar, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those, those, uh, <laughs> real competition there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Parade of losers and lunatics. <laughs> <laughs> see, see how jealous he is. He's so jealous. On the other hand, you know, if Aileen was hurtful and flaunted some boyfriend in my face, that could hurt my feelings. What if she came back to you and said, uh, "I was with this guy. He was the greatest lover in the world. Yeah, he was a much better lover than you. That would be hurtful. Yeah, that's not jealousy exactly, though. That's kind of like." insulting in a way it's an insult say oh yeah he's a better lover than you <laughs> what if she didn't say it like in a mean way what if she just said it as like a matter of factly I well I don't know I probably part of me think well in a way I'd be happy for a while she had she actually had this experience of this great you know sexual experience well, who might deprive her of having a great sexual experience you know you know the, on the other hand, you have to weigh into the balance stability and stuff like that, especially if you have kids. You, I think it's good for kids to have reliable parents, you know. So that has to be worked into the equation somehow. How you, you have to maintain some kind of careful balance there if you're going to go out and run around and have lovers. I mean, there isn't, if you're raising kids, there isn't really time to go running around very much. You've got to be there for the kids, you know. And you got to provide for them, and you know, all that stuff. So, all that kind of limits your ability to just run around and seek that kind of experience, sexual experience, you know, lovers and whatnot. I don't know. It's complicated. That's not normal. How <laughs> <laughs> most people feel jealousy? I would say. Pretty normal. I, you know, I first met it. I don't know how healthy it is. Yeah. I mean, all you have to do is look at nature, you know. All the, the males, you know, dogs, Cats. nature. Yeah. You mess with their bitch, and they will go mental. <laughs> dogs do, really? They're possessive of, of oh, their yeah. sexual partners, really? Oh, yeah. Really? Cats, I don't think, are like that at all. I guess not, right? Dogs, when they when they're pregnant, it could be several fathers of the baby. Uh, I what guess I mean, there's like, like I remember my dog, like he had he had these female dogs even after he was neutered that he was into. Like he you could tell he was into them. Yeah, like he would obsessively like you know chase them around, smell their crotch, and like you know follow them around. And if another male dog came along and showed interest in there, he he would be like, Rawr! "Huh, that's mine." Right, and there's this thing. About this is after he's neutered. 
there's that whole thing among apes and chimps and stuff of the alpha male and all that, oh. you know, and competition of males to dominate and gather females in their harems and stuff like that. Even rats do that. Rats have harems and there's yeah. alpha rats and stuff. All I'm saying is when another male comes along and tries to like <laughs> hoe out on your bitch, you're supposed to go <laughs> mental. And somewhere in there lies the jealousy gene. Hmm. I don't know. Right. So let's say yeah, I'm out in the street with Aileen and and you know, some character comes up and starts flirting with her and says, Hey look Leave that wimpy, four-eyed guy over there and come with me, you know. i show you a good time. And, and if she just went off with him, I guess my feelings would be hurt, you know. I guess I wouldn't be it too happy about to that. happens to us all the time. <laughs> it does. <laughs> what, one of the funniest things recently was, like, we were walking down the streets in New York, and this, there was this guy this like, kind of like home bum, like begging for change. He was really funny. He saw me and Eden, and he's like, he goes to me, now I know if you walk in with her, you got some money. <laughs> you better give me some of that money. <laughs> I was like, "You're all right, man." <laughs> the funniest thing, was also, that was similar to that, was this other bum. Like one time, like it was Halloween, and I Eden always I like bums, you know, mean dresses my up, boyfriend. right? Dresses up for <laughs> Halloween and talks about her costume for months, and I, I of course, never have a costume and like whatever. <laughs> So I decided just to put on like this old suit and I found this like 78 that like wasn't like of any value. I decided to walk around and I got a big plastic cigar and I was like the the record uh, business guy, a record executive from the 20s, you know. Of course, thinking that nobody would get that. Yeah, uh, nobody's going to get that. Okay, so I'm walking down the street with my cigar and my 78 record in my suit. And right away, this this old bum's like, Mr. Record Man, when are you going to sign me to your label, Mr. Record Man? I was like, holy crap. And then, like, three or four other people said it. They were, like, joking around. There was, like, this band, like, you know, playing on the street. And they were like, sign us up, Record Man, Record Executive. Your costume was kind of a hit. And I was like, just sign right here. Don't read the contract. It doesn't mean nothing. Just sign on the line right here. (laughs) Wow. Well, I think uh, we've come to the Our end time of is another old-time radio show. I want to thank you for doing it. You know, I'd like to thank you for bringing the feminine side here to the show and explaining to us why females are so funny and soft and weird. Now we understand them. We fully understand females. Where's my penis? Robert, I'd like to thank you for uh, being uh, our, our host and playing us all these great records. We should have talked a little more about... Uh, Eden's thing about wanting a penis. <laughs> okay, we can talk about it. There's really no time limit on the radio show. I'm just trying to get you out of here because I feel bad. What, what did you want to do with this penis, Eden? <laughs> I think I just wanted to be a boy. I was a tomboy. Mm. Yeah, I just wanted to be a boy. And I remember mm. the first crush I had was this boy uh, named Joseph. And I remember when I got a little older, remembering that crush and thinking, I didn't want to be with him. I wanted to be him. Right. I wanted to right. look right. the way he looked, and I thought he was yeah. cute, and I wanted to look that way. Right. Well, my sister Sandra became a lesbian when she grew up. She had this crush on Bobby Darren when she was a teenager. And later, I, when she became a lesbian, I said, well, what was that thing about Bobby Darren? What was that about? And she said, I wanted to be Bobby Darren. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think I'm going to... What does that say? I'm, I said, I'm about to come Lord out joke. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
I don't what? want my own vagina. I want every vagina I see. Yeah, yeah right. Well, me at this point. When you we were at the nude beach today, and when you know. desired to have a dick, did you want to stick it in girls? No, I wasn't. I wasn't old enough to even know what mm. it was for. Right. Okay. And I just wanted. I wanted to be male. Huh. I guess I wanted to, to be a boy more than actually thought about like I want what's between their legs. Had you seen like the male penis? Oh uh, yeah. 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 Hmm. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> huh. No, I did. I remember playing doctor with oh, uh, a really? boy Sean when really? I was really young, huh. and I like forced him to do it. I was forced like, "You're taking your pants off." Forced him to. Sorry, do you're it. having to hear this now, Johnny. Forced him to do what? Uh, like play, play doc- doctor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, you know, touch each other's parts and stuff. And I was well, really... I was do it, it sounded like you meant, like, you just did it. No, I was, like, it. five or something, huh. or six. But I remember he was kind of, like, not into it. <laughs> if you're out there, Sean, I'm sorry. You're probably a serial killer right now because of me. <laughs> but I remember he was just like, this is gross. And I was like, come on! <laughs> wow. Jeez. So, I don't know what that says about I me. I never did anything like that when I was a kid. No. I remember doing I was too repressed. Like oh, I, I flashed I my boobs all the time when they first... I I was terrified. I was like, that looks like my... My G.I. Joe doll, and I was, <laughs> I, was really I kept asking my mom why my G.I. Joe doll didn't have, like, a wiener. And she just did not want to talk about it. I'm still terrified. I just never got over being what's called cunt shy. You're terrified of the vagina? Yeah, it scares me. I can't look at it. Or, really? Yeah. But what, what happens when you look at it? It just get, it makes me nervous. Makes me uncomfortable, uneasy. Because <laughs> you don't understand it. Or well, it's just very alien and foreign, and you know. I'm reading that uh, My Secret Life by Walter, and he often in there describes in detail a woman's vagina in great <laughs> detail: the color, the texture, the amount of pubic hair. George O'Keefe. He's really obsessed with examining women's vaginas, and I, I find I can really hardly look at it. You know, it's <laughs> weird. There's some porn, like, on, there's porn I saw online that was, like, a, just, like, watching a woman get, like, a, a gynecology exam. What? Yeah, yeah. That's porno? Yeah. Some guys like that. It's, like, a fetish thing. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't really do it for me. I don't know. But it's weird because they're not, I don't know, they're just really, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's disturbing. Hmm. When I was so repressed when I was young and Catholic upbringing in the 1950s that I I barely even could look at my own dick and <laughs> barely touch it or look at it. And, you know, it's a whole thing. was just all sex organs. Just it's like you know so alien and and disturbing because of you know. Yeah, Catholic, me too. You know, I came out of that Catholic church just yeah. horrible guilt and fear. And yeah, you're, you're yeah. taught to fear that every thought you have in your head is going to send you to hell. Well, so I'm yeah. a Jew, so I'm like, not repressed. <laughs> well, you're like, a doctor. I never. You're a girl, first of all, so you're insane. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that. Right? There is that. Yeah. And then you have all these other qualities, which make you even more insane. And like the nuns, you know, in Catholic school, they uh. constantly imbued this idea that as a boy, you were automatically bad. Boys were bad. So all boys automatically bad that they wanted to stick it in girls that was just bad you know it was not nice that they wanted to stick it in and i had it deeply ingrained in me from nuns who were women they conveyed this idea now i realize yeah they were they were probably most of them 
scared of getting laid is part of the reason they became nuns, you know. But lesbian. Well, I don't know what they were like <laughs> twisted women, you know. They were. Yeah. How did they think women. they came to be? If someone did not stick their penis in a vagina. I don't know if they thought about that deeply. I, you know, the the kind of stuff they spout at us as Catholic nonsense. Later, you, you realize that obviously there are people who don't think very deeply about things. You know, this could, they could spout this medieval superstitious nonsense. You know, they used to tell us that, you know, we had to wear these scapulars, this little tag around your neck all the time, and if so that if you got hit by a car, if you had the scapular around your neck you'd have a better chance of getting into heaven and oh. stuff like that. <laughs> what was it? It was just this a name tag? tag with a, no, like a picture of the Virgin Mary on it uh. or Jesus on it or something, this little wow. square on it. Oh you wore God. this like cloth string around your neck. Yeah, that's the whole premise behind wearing crosses or any of that stuff really, right? I mean, it it, it, it originates from the... Yeah. yeah. There are talismans, you know, lucky talismans. And... You know, Aileen has this kind of like uh, almost romantic attitude about that stuff, you know, because <laughs> she didn't grow up with it. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that had a lot to do with my own particular sexual weird. And there were, I remember there were boys who I went to Catholic school with that the whole thing just didn't take on them the way it did on me. Actually, took it all seriously. You know, I kind of wanted a pat on the head from those nuns. And some of those other guys could see that they just dismissed the whole thing. And in the playground, they would talk dirty and talk dirty about the nuns. I was just, like, shocked and horrified by that. God, I could say that about, you know, Sister Michael Mary, you know. I could say those things. (laughs) (laughs) She was a whore. Oh, my God. Yeah. She was the ice queen, Sister Michael Mary. Ooh, scary. Scary, scary. Terrifying. (laughs) You know, if she was displeased with me, I was, like, profoundly scared and terrified. (laughs) Psychological torture. Well, on that cheerful note... (laughs) Or I'll see. Can I suggest a record to end uh, today's show? Yeah, what? Keeping with the theme... Yeah. Sex or religion? Can we play the, uh, the Bible's True by Uncle Oh, Frank yeah. Frank. Good. Good choice. Ties in with my dream and all the other records we've played. Oh, I can play that. Yeah, Bible's it's, right. It's going to help us. That, that's a good one, too. I figured since I had a dream about Uncle Dave Macon. Yeah. I thought of that record while you were telling that dream. <laughs> hmm. Sorry, I, I came out on the air like that publicly. So now you're a lesbian. <laughs> no, I'm not. I never wanted to see a vagina or get close to. You want? You don't want to bump pussies with those other bitches. Nah, I don't want to. I don't want to grind. You don't want to rub snatches. I don't want to grind a vagina with some other vagina. <laughs> I don't know. Seems like a lot of work for a little return. <laughs> <laughs> what they need is a deep dicking. Yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you think makes girls become lesbians? Do you think it's hormonal? I think it has a lot to do with abuse from men. I'm not asking you. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm asking the I girl. I don't, you think it's abuse? I don't think no, it's all. I think you should say what you think. Uh, I think you're just born liking guys or girls. Yeah, you think. Yeah. I think I mean, some, wi- some women definitely don't want anything to do with men because 
they were raped and, and yeah, know, horrible yeah. things like abuse, that. Abuse, sexual abuse. Yeah, but then some women, you know, some, I know I have a lot of gay friends and they just were like, yeah, I just, when I hit puberty, I was like, realized that like, I had to pretend because I didn't agree with my fr I wasn't into what my friends were into and I just knew I was gay. And it's funny, it seems to, hmm. seems to, like if there's one gay person in a family, like there'll be a brother or sister that's gay too. Like it seems to run in families. And huh. Huh. I don't know. Well, my family, there was five of us and my oldest sister, she's kind of the most normal. All the rest of them had some weird quirks. I was <laughs> actually the next most normal. <laughs> then my brother Charles, he like oh brother. <laughs> my brother Charles had this predilection for young boys. Did he? Yeah. Huh. Max and sexuality is so weird. I can't even I can't even get a handle on what it's about. Yeah. And my younger sister Sandra became a, a very um, radical separatist lesbian. Huh. A separatist lesbian. <laughs> yeah, she didn't want anything to do with men. She's Huh. Ironically, she had a son, Avery, who became this like incredible womanizer. That's funny. <laughs> so he confessed that he really likes to stick it to women. <laughs> <laughs> I made out with a lot of girls when I'm drunk. The Bible's true. It was alright. That if you can 
Pull the Bible to your Bible. I've seen enough and I can prove it. What you say, what you say, it's bound to be that way. Now you know so. For God made the world and everything is in it. He made man for every day and a monkey wasn't in it. What you say, what you say, it's bound to be that way. Lord, yes. You ever heard you can't make a monkey out of me? You no. ever heard that record? <laughs> By the Eva Quartet. People say it. Hmm? By who? The Eva Quartet. It's like a white gospel quartet. Doing the same song? You can't make a monkey out of me. <coughs> Play that one. It's really good. It's you know, it's kind of like a reaction to that that Scopes trial. You know about that? No. In 1925, they had this trial somewhere in the south because some teacher was trying to teach evolution hmm. and they busted him and they had a trial and like this this on one side that was Clarence Darrow who was like this religious fundamentalist politician who was on the prosecuting side then there was oh no it was uh, William Jennings Bryan for the prosecution and Clarence Darrow was kind of a left liberal lawyer at the time defending this teacher Scopes who was teaching evolution. And this, this song like this is a reaction to that. Many theories are fed on the origin of plants Some can trace their to their family but for me, I'm content with the blessed Bible plan, and you can't make a monkey out of me. You can't make a monkey out of me. You can't make a monkey out of me. No, no, I am human through and through. All my aunts and uncles too, and you can't make a monkey out of me.
cool and you can't make a monkey out of me. It's a Benedictine choir. Hmm. I remember music like this from my childhood.
Catholic shit right there. Yeah. yeah. 